guys. So today we are going to be discussing, um, we each picked out 10 books and they are essentially books that people pretend to read. Um, <laughs> and we're also going to talk about why people pretend to read them. Okay. So I thought about this. So have you ever like been on Tinder? I know it's been a while since we're both been on Tinder. But you know when you're on Tinder and there's clearly, like, people on there, like, there's always, like, a section about, like, movies or books or something that you like. And there's always, like, books on there that people clearly are pretending to read to either, like, sound smarter or to, like, make somebody perceive them a certain way based on, like, what kind of books they are and that kind of thing. Or, like, when you go on Twitter or, like, Facebook and you see all these, like, memes or quotes that people share from books that they clearly haven't read. Just to sound, like, smarter in a certain topic or to, like, or maybe, like, they just went through a breakup and they're quoting some book to sound, like, really romantic or, or whatever emotion, you know what I mean? they're a millennial and they've never read Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> Don't make me attack you on that one again. It's so true, though. I mean. I'm going to attack you on that in just a second. <laughs> but, yes. Is that where you wanted to start, like? With Harry Potter? Yeah, that, that's my the first one on my list, number 10, which is, mm -hmm. um, I don't remember how we numbered these. I just know that number one is my favorite book in the whole world, so. <laughs> well, we haven't read all of these, and some of them we have, but, like, we essentially just went through and kind of picked, like, some are just, like, the most popular ones, like, based on the research we did that people pretend to read, and then some of them are, like, uh, just ones that we've noticed, that are people often pretend to read that we have read. Like Harry Potter. <laughs> no, I, I was dragging Dove so hard because uh, she was, I was one of those kids that was like reading Harry Potter right off the bat. And it was mostly the peer pressure because everybody was talking about it. But like I started reading it off the bat and I was like immediately like obsessed with it. Dove, on the other hand, was like one of those kids that I would like socially isolate and bully for not having read it because she didn't read it until when did you start reading it? I read the first one in sixth grade right before the first movie came out. So I did read the first <laughs> one. But after that, no, I didn't read them. Um, I've always been one of those people that like if people are obsessed about something like if there's like a lot of like hype culture going on books, movies, yeah. TV, whatever, I tend to not watch them or read them or whatever until yeah. like the hype is gone because I feel like in a lot of ways sometimes <laughs> that hype like ruins it for me um right yeah but I'm the opposite though because if I if I'm if there's a lot of hype around something then I just like want to assume it's good and that's often not the mentality you should have because I'm usually wrong when I do that but that's how I feel right I feel like that's a logical conclusion to come to whenever there's a hype around something but Peer then pressure? like Yes. But, like, also, it's kind of like, well, maybe everybody likes it for a reason. And then you want to think that that reason is because it's good, and it ends up being just because of peer pressure. Maybe it's the, like, goth kid, like, outcast <laughs> child in me that is that way. I don't know. I've always been that way. I've always read, like, even, like especially books. I've always read things that nobody else reads or oh, if I they did, they read them. I like... punched you in the throat when I was, like, 12, though. For not having uh, let's be clear here now. Uh, when I was 12, I probably wouldn't have hung out with you either. 
Um, <laughs> no, we were very different people. Now it's like even opposite now. Now we both love Harry Potter and she's obsessed with it now. She yeah. hated it when she was a kid and now this one is obsessed with it. See? And I absolutely like obsessed with it as a kid and now I'm just like. I'm mad about it now. Yeah. Well, um, <laughs> one of the quotes that we wrote down, because we made like little notes with every book, and this one is, having not read the Harry Potter series is a surefire way to be isolated and antagonized by your friends and family, um, which is... <laughs> that's not a quote. That's just what I wrote about. But it's still, it's so true, though. Like, I mean, especially I in like millennial culture, like if you're a millennial and you don't know what your Hogwarts heart class is, like, or... um. <laughs> or House what you're, is, um, what's you're the like called? shunned you know what i mean yeah so like or the uh what's the animal called the that an- you get like a oh you're to? a patronus that's it yeah. yeah yeah so like again i was just thinking about it when you told me that i was like because you're so obsessed with harry potter first i was shocked because you're so obsessed with it now and then like when you told me that i was like it makes perfect sense because yeah a lot of people would definitely lie about reading that because like People like me would have totally just like drug them or drag them. What's the correct verb? Whatever. I would have just like totally just ran them through some mental barbed wire over that because I was such a huge fangirl at that time. It was seriously. I mean, I told you yeah. about I went to a party. I was in, oh God, I was probably like 16 or 17. So it was around the time that I believe Half Blood Prince came out. Um, oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. That was like that was like the height of it, honey. Yeah, I know. Well, obviously, I've read the books now. But anyways, <laughs> so it was around that time I went to a party with like a bunch of my friends. And, you know, my friends were gaming nerds. We were all like goth kids and we did, you know, illicit drugs and we drank. And but we would still play games like we would play. Um, they would play. They called it Clicker Wars um, when they played it. But it is essentially the mod that is Dota in uh, Warcraft mm-hmm. 3 and <laughs> I, I was talking to another girl that was there and I told her that I had ne- only ever read the first Harry Potter book she was talking about like you know the new book it had just come out and she would just finished it and blah 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 and she's like you you've never read the rest of them I'm like I've seen the movies and she you literally just like got up and walked away become the villain yeah seriously <laughs> she got up and walked away and was like I can't I can't <laughs> <laughs> I was like, all right. And that was when I like turned to my friend. And I'm like, and this is why all my friends are guys. <laughs> no, but that's you now, though. Like, if we saw somebody at a party and they told, tried to tell us they didn't like Harry Potter, we would like just verbally punch them in the throat or something. Right. Well, I mean, to be clear, I didn't hate Harry Potter. I had just never read the books. Okay. I saw the movies. Heathen. Jeez. <laughs> I actually, the first time, <clears throat> the first time I read all the books was right after the last movie came out. <laughs> so, and honestly, it wasn't really that long ago is what I think the I, last movie. I physically cringed when you said that. To me. Yeah. The last movie came out, what, like 10 years ago now, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I felt like oh God, I, I got so to the old. end of the book and, or the movie, you know, the first, the last movie. And I was like, that's it that's the epilogue this stupid scene so i got really mad and i read all the books just to find out what the actual ending was you know come to find out that the ending wasn't really that different than what it was in the book except for the fact that uh teddy existed 
because <laughs> in the movie he doesn't. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that is upsetting. They didn't mention Teddy. Especially because Tonks and Lupine are so many people's favorite characters. And then you find uh, out that yeah. in the books they have a child together, and in the movie they just, like, completely get rid of the child. I know. Yeah, that their story was, like, probably one of my defining emotional, like, growths growing up is reading that book and like the, some of the character stories was like man I don't know I think I'd be a different person if I hadn't read that series like it really helped like you know through all those angsty teenage years it really kind of like was that like one constant staple <coughs> you wouldn't know <laughs> no it was remember that series I tried to get you to read and you were like oh this is crap it's just smut there's nothing else here but smut those That's were the books was. I read when I was in high school, I read that's what it was. that like that whole genre. That's all I really read in high school. <laughs> see, that would be another reason to pretend to read Harry Potter because I would be like, see, I'm sophisticated, and I read something that requires thought and has complex characters, and you're over there reading porn. <laughs> well, yeah, you know what the worst part is is like I remember myself like my senior year of high school trying to get one of my friends to read the books. And I was like, it's oh, not Lord. all sex, I promise. Like, it's not, there's a <laughs> lot of action. And now, you know, I just reread the whole series, uh, like, a couple months ago. And, yes, there's action. But, oh, my God, I did not realize, like, now being an older person and rereading them, Jesus Christ, it really is. It's, like, sex scene after sex scene. Like, this dude tried to kill tried this to girl. Tell you. And then the girl <laughs> tried to kill him. And then, like, ten pages later, they're having sex. It's like, how did this even happen? So the action that you were trying to, like, dote on just ends in more sex. It really, really, really did. Um, what's the first <laughs> book on your list? I don't even have your list up. I feel like oh, I should. Yes, yeah, so, okay, my my pick for this one is very simple and straightforward. Okay, so I picked uh, War and Peace by Leo Tolstoy, and I really hope I didn't completely butcher that name. You did. But, um... It's just very simple and straightforward. People would pretend to read that because it's extremely lengthy. It's like one of the longest books ever written, and it's pretty complex. So, obviously, like, especially on Tinder or some shit, somebody would put that up there just to sound smarter. You know, you're or making just yourself sound, like, kind of... sound like you spent an awful lot of time on Tinder. <laughs> I know. I don't. I haven't been on a dating site in years, but, like, I don't. Uh, I come think on this now. Just, don't like, lie to us. <laughs> but like I think that's really um what really stuck out to me is on this dating website so what really got me so fed up is like you know because I am an avid reader not like you but I am an avid reader <laughs> and so when it was like very obvious that people were like lying about certain things I took personal offense to it let's just say that <laughs> you know what it kind of sounded like you just dissed me for reading too much no, but you wouldn't be on Tinder, like, trying to catch women like that. No, you're right. Did I ever tell you? So, you remember? You did it to, like, avoid bullying, and then, like, some people are out there doing it to try to get laid. Yeah. I just think there's a difference there. Yeah. Did I tell you that this is, like, completely straight off topic, but because we keep mentioning Tinder, I feel like I have to tell you because I think it's hilarious. Um, okay. But when me and my ex-husband split up, <clears throat> and... So I wasn't seeing him and Aaron and I weren't really a thing yet. I tried to make a Tinder and my phone literally would not download Tinder. I don't know what it was with my phone, but when I would look it up on like the <laughs> app store, it was not there. 
Was that Universal's like, mm-mm. Yeah, pretty much. That's how I felt about it. <laughs> yeah. I feel like the universe did that to me, but did it in a much different way to where I went through so much hell on it that it was like, yeah, we just, we wanted to teach you that lesson, but we wanted you to learn the hard way. At least you got an easy way out. <laughs> I had to drag myself through mental barbed wire and then I was like, yeah, you know what? Tinder shit. Never mind. Yeah. What's your next uh, one? <laughs> anyway, so are, are you going to my next book or are you going to your next book? Oh, yeah, let's just go back and forth. You go. Okay. So my number nine is uh, Tale of Two Cities, which I have never read. Um, Me either. No. I mean, I've Ugh. always wanted to get into reading, like, the like. I don't want to say, like, classics, because there's some books that are considered classics that aren't really that old. Um, but this yeah. is, like, a classic classic, you know? <laughs> it's an era but, like, piece. It's like a period piece, yeah. Yeah. I hate those, like... I understand you completely because it's like I'm sure it's a great book and I'm sure there's a lot of great things in it great lessons to be learned and all that but like those books just don't appeal to me at all I like I've tried to read it a few times and I've literally like went into like a coma like state out of boredom um, and it's not because the book is bad it's just not my thing you know not this particular book actually not any of the ones on our list um, Lord of the Flies did that to me I tried so hard oh, yeah. to like it I tried so hard I got to page like 50 and I'm a fast reader like seriously I'm reading Dune right now which is like a 900 page book and I have like 150 pages left and I think I started it like a week ago um <laughs> I know. and it took me two weeks to get those 50 pages like I just could not and Lord of the Flies really isn't that old of a book either I mean the book Dune yeah. I'm reading now I'm pretty sure is older um yeah but I feel like a lot of these, like, the older books, like the Tale of Two Cities and stuff, they're just, the style of writing was different back then because you didn't need oh, the yeah. flashy, eye-grabbing exactly. stuff you do now in the era of television and YouTube and instant gratification of Netflix and Facebook and stuff. Yeah, I know. Because, um, like, especially for you and I, because we're, like, very much into, like, sci-fi in adventure kind of books, mm -hmm. you know, like we were like our first series that we obsessed over together was the Lunar Chronicles. And so obviously, like, if you're pretty much reading like Star Wars in a book, you can't just like easily transition to a tell two cities and be into it. It's just not like, yes, it's not what our personalities are calling for. Oh, and that's why that's why we're called the Manic Renegades guys because of uh, the Renegades from another series by the same author. Uh, what was the first one called? Oh, it was literally oh, called was Renegades. So oh, my God, I'm stupid. <laughs> it's about oh, I thought you meant her name. Her name is like uh, Marissa Mayer? Yes. Yes, yeah. Speaking of her, did you buy that book that I sent you that was on sale? Of course I did. Okay. You were like a, You were like such a... One of those like 90s info commercials salesmen. You're like, if I just two ninety nine. Yeah. Well, I got I get I get emails for like cheap books by people like books that go on sale by authors I follow on Amazon since you know I buy a lot of books oh, yeah. on Amazon. I do. I follow I follow a lot of authors and I did it so I can get the emails, but then I never pay attention to the emails. Oh, see, and then I also do Goodreads giveaways. I don't even know if you use Goodreads or not. Do you? Is it not for like I? I use it for the reviews. Yeah, okay. So it's like a social yeah. media platform for anybody that's not familiar with it. Um, you can link it to, like, your Amazon account, your um, 
Facebook account. I think it can be attached to Instagram too. I guess I'm not 100% sure, but I use it. It keeps track of like how many books you read in the year and stuff like that. So you can keep track of how many books you've read so far this year. I'm at yeah. 55 this year so far. Just saying. Anyways. Weird uh, flex, but okay. <laughs> um, but they give do giveaways too. Um, you have to enter, physically enter them in, like your chance to win, you have to enter. Um, but I just won an autographed copy of the newest, uh, what's his name? Mac- Gregory McGreeve or whatever. The guy that wrote Wicked. Oh. I won an autographed copy of his newest book on Goodreads giveaway. I didn't tell you that yet. I found out today. I, didn't know I was really he, excited. I didn't know he was an author. I, I mean, like, I knew about Wicked because I like musicals. I didn't know he was, like, an author of other books, though. Yeah, the guy that, um, I don't know if he wrote the play part, but the play is based on his book. Oh, I see. Yep. Gotcha. Um, but that's that's kind of what he does. He writes, like, essentially twisted fairy tales, you know, kind of like the Cinder books. Um, you know, he has one about Alice in Wonderland. He has Wicked. Um, he has another one called the something stepsister and i believe it's supposed to be about one of cinderella's stepsisters um i don't own that one so i don't i don't know what that one's about um and then there's one about the the lion from the wizard of oz oh yeah i'd have to pull all mine out i um but anyways i was excited now now you guys all know that i won an autographed copy and i'm really excited (laughs) um (laughs) oh my goodness Anyways, we can move on to your next one because uh, <laughs> we don't really know a lot about a Tale of Two Cities besides that it's by Charles Dickens and he's famous and we know his name. <laughs> right. And Emily and Dickens. And I see a reference are they to like, movies a lot and stuff. Yeah, yes, but... he is for sure. I actually thinking off the top of my head an episode of Doctor Who where they meet Charles Dickens and the main character is like super excited to meet him. <laughs> <laughs> but she was also British, so... <laughs> Okay, so my next one is Don Quixote by Miguel de Cervantes. I probably butchered that. <laughs> but, I mean, okay, yeah, so... You, you said it uh, very beautifully, way better oh, than I probably you. would. <laughs> thank you. Um, yeah, so I remember having to read this for one of my Spanish classes in high school, but I don't remember that much about it. I didn't. I wasn't that into it. But it's uh, essentially like... It was described by some websites as, like, the first modern fantasy, you know, and it's basically centers around two characters, and they're both, like, polar opposites, which is, like, normally that kind of theme you would see between a hero and a villain in a book, but in this particular book, it was kind of, like, one of the first books that had, like, two polar opposite characters that were on the same team, essentially. So it was kind of, like, groundbreaking in the literature world, but it was, but it is classified as classic literature as well so somebody would pretend to read this to like you know seem cultured enough to be into the classic literature and also like cultured enough to like read books from uh, another country or something like that and mostly though I think what somebody would try to imply if they said pretended to have read this is that that they kind of like are very aware of like the balance we need in our lives between like what the two characters represented like one character represented like fun and imagination and like you know just like just letting things happen and one character kind of represented like hard work and discipline and like no foolery and that kind of thing so they would kind of like 
somebody would try to pretend to be like this kind of person that's well aware of the balance that we need in our lives and that kind of thing it would be they would seem very insightful <laughs> is what I'm trying to say I've never <laughs> read this book so I honestly have no idea but yeah they were trying to seem very insightful by like you know being into a book that you would kind of like need to have some type of like at least like some, some kind of like brain power to understand that metaphor there you know Mm-hmm. I'm not saying you have to be a genius because you don't by any means, but like. <laughs> All right. <laughs> What's well, your next one? My next one is Crime and Punishment by I'm not even going to try to pronounce that first name, um, although I've heard Dostoevsky, so I know that one. Um, it's about a man who wanders through the slums of St. Petersburg and commits random murders without remorse or regret. Huh. Jesus. I kind of feel like I want to read this book now. Oh, my God. No, I just love how that's, like, the most emo book on the list. And you're like, yeah, that's the one for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but I, mean, I also love how, like, I like we've this got, like, too. Charles Dickens and then, like, uh, one by a Hispanic author. And they're all just, like, nice, wonderful stories. And then the one by the Russian author is, like, doom and gloom. Death all around. I, I like how that. you... Um, so, Chell edited our notes. Um, and she put in here that someone is trying to sound super edgy and dark. <laughs> you lie. would! Why else would you read a book that's, that's the description of the book? Is literally I, honestly, just it like sounds good. Have the you most ever read gruesome the... thing you can think of. Have you ever read The Collector? <laughs> that's no. a classic by... Um, Oh, John Fowles, I think. I probably am totally forgetting and saying the wrong thing. Um, but that one's really, really dark. But that's a really, really good book. I mean, it's it's well, essentially I mean, like... like, for people that have seen the show You, it is essentially that in book form, kind of. I like that show. Similar, similar. Uh... But it, it was like one of those shows where you like it, but you also feel like dirty after watching it. Yeah, that's exactly how this book was, honestly. <laughs> um, it's like, yeah, but it was... that was great. But um, what does this say about me? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It makes you sit back and go like, hmm. Huh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's what I would do if I read this book. I'm pretty sure I own Crime and Punishment, so I should probably just find it and read it. <laughs> uh, yeah, and but I mean, like from what I understand, like, a lot of colleges require it for, like, some of their, like, legal classes. I know a lot of law colleges have it, for sure. You know what but I like... just thought of? Hmm. The first episode of season two of You, Joe, reads Crime and Punishment. <laughs> no! Yeah, that's how he gets that job! And he's super edgy. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely super, super edgy, edgy, super emo. Anyways, super dark. so you're number eight. Oh, you read you you missed a you missed a number on your list, Miss Lady. I did. Oops. No, I didn't. Oh. Okay, yeah, that's fine. I don't care for this one either. <laughs> They're both on the like same level for me. But like, okay, so I also picked or not also, but I picked Moby Dick by Herman Melville. I don't like like for the same reasons that we gave for um Atology Cities. We don't really care for this kind of stuff. That's why we haven't read it. But I am familiar with the true story that it's based on. So that alone tells me enough that I don't want to read it. Because <laughs> it's so dark and twisted and it's kind of like very disturbing. But I would think that somebody 
would pretend to read this book because from what I understand from researching it, it has a lot of like symbolism for American politics because there's two characters in the book. One represents like a, a, the more liberal side of government and another one kind of represents the more like right side of government. And then, like, there's other symbolism, like, maybe the well that they're fighting against is, like, uh, societal issues like climate change and economy and that kind of thing. So, I think somebody would read this, or pretend to read this, rather, to sound like a badass that wants to read books about cannibalism and well attacks. And or also, like, sound intellectual enough to understand these deep symbolic metaphors for the American politics and seem very insightful in American politics. Does that make sense? Sure. <laughs> Mostly probably because I just want to seem like badass, badass enough to read like a book about a well attack. And yeah, I get that. From what I understand, the, American, the main character is like a real badass and like I yeah, just I've remember, never like I've never read it, so <laughs> me either, but I'm just guessing here. <laughs> um, let's see. My next one is Lolita by oh, Vladimir God. Nabokov. What? Another Russian. Right? <laughs> He's Russian, isn't so he? So this one's gonna be like a fun, fantastical book about friendship and love. No, isn't and... it about like a I, okay, now, don't get me wrong, I am totally basing this off of the Lolita goth style, but is not Lolita about, like, a 40-year-old-some-old-year-old dude, like, falling in love with, like, a 13-year-old girl? You, you would be right, yes. <laughs> so, I mean, I personally don't see the appeal of reading it, but I, I mean, I've personally met people that have lied about reading this book, um, especially, like, in the kind of, like, edgier groups i guess you could say it you know it yeah it is it's something that people say that they've read even if they haven't to seem more edgy um i yeah, mean i would just I'm think that a pretty... person who's taken the time to read that i would just be like grossed out by i would yeah. be kind of like off i'd find it very off-putting as somebody who said that they took the time to read that book but i don't know that's just me maybe i mean ignorant. i could see it from like a psychological standpoint maybe um, oh, absolutely, yeah. But beyond that, like, it. Yeah, I don't if that know. person was like a psychology major or something like that. Well, I even totally just being interested in psychology, I mean, that was the whole reason yeah. I read The Collectors because I was interested. The whole first half of the book is from the killer standpoint. And that's what interested me in the book is because I wanted to understand yeah. why somebody would do something like that. But and I that's don't know. Exact, like, I mean, that's uh, exactly what I got from that book. I feel like yeah. this, I mean, obviously I don't know how this book is written, so I don't know if, if it's from like a first person view from the older man or not, but me either. Yeah. if it was, I would be kind of interested to see how his mind normalizes well, yeah, that kind of behavior. You know what I mean? Crime. Yeah. We're both in a true crime. So like, obviously we love like, you know, because we're not psychotic killers it's fascinating to us to like learn and understand psychotic killers because otherwise like we would have no idea we can't relate <laughs> we need somebody else to explain it to us but i don't know it's just like a book about pedophilia would be pushing it to me you know it's kind of like 
it's kind of like reminds me of like all the um appeal for fight club is because like you know you get kind of like see the first person perspective of somebody who's clearly like mentally ill i've never read the like book. that's what I've a lot of appeal for yeah for fight club was but like i don't know i just think it's one thing to kind of like see like the villain's point of view and then there's like one thing to try to get into the mind of a pedophile i don't yeah that's true you draw a line you know i don't want to draw a line no, I'm totally, okay, I'm totally being sarcastic. I don't think I would whatever. ever be caught dead reading this book. But <laughs> yeah, I could right. see the yeah, appeal no. of why some people might read it. Um, yeah. Not me. I'm not going to read it. But you <laughs> you let your little minds do what you want. No, I'm just saying, uh, like, I could totally see like some psychology major or something like that reading it. I feel like I'm it would to. probably be a required reading, maybe even for like a like a criminal oh really like criminology you know because oh, they have to do a lot of psychology like especially i thought you were trying to tell me that criminals should just read this i'm like no 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 don't no, no, no. Like, <laughs> criminology like students um you know people that are going to school to essentially profile people um yeah definitely. i feel like this yeah, could be a good be book like for research. somebody like that yeah it would be like research at that point yeah exactly yeah. okay what's your next book Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> I mean, like, I want to go on, like, a really hate-filled rant about this, but, like, I, I understand the appeal. It's just, like, I'm, I have, like, a bias against romance novels, even though I read dirty, dirty books all the time. But this is a... There's no porn. It's literally just a romance. I don't It's literally it. just classy romance. <laughs> yeah, it's classy. I hate that shit now. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I've Can't never relate. read it. No. Um... <laughs> I own it. I've I have intentions of sometime eventually reading it. But yeah, but I could totally understand why people would pretend to read it. You know, um, people that were probably classy, <laughs> whatever their deal is. Um, but it's Pride and Prejudice by Jane Austen. I'm like, if you're not aware, it's like notably one of the most famous romance novels. It was published in the 1800s, and somebody would pretend to read this because you know it's a famous romance novel obviously they want to see more romantic that would be probably be the number one reason you know but also um it was described when i was researching it was described as a novel of manners like thank you so much for making me draw even further away <laughs> well isn't but, it like it has like the classical courtship stuff in right. it too right yeah yeah and basically it's a like a, a novel of manners is a way to describe a book that would be like represent the perfect society where everybody like has like perfect social interactions and it's just like the most pristine way to for humans to be together pretty much and mm. so not it's not our kind of book to <laughs> But yeah, you know, you would pretend to read this to seem like more romantic or more classy or both, you know? Hey now, I <laughs> I read romance novels sometimes. Oh my gosh, I'm sorry if I offended anybody that's probably like a big fan of Pride and Prejudice, okay? What are you going to do? Get on our Twitter at Manic Renegades and tweet me snake emojis? Come on. <laughs> Honestly, um, if I were to do anything, I would probably just watch the Kira Knightley movie. Because, one, it probably will only be, like, an hour, hour and a half long. Yeah. So, if I'm right. not 
totally yeah. invested in it, I would rather spend the hour and a half than the, you know, ten right. however many hours it would take to, to read the book. Yeah, so, like, movies are a great way to avoid uh, actually having to read a book if you want to pretend to read books. I'm not saying you should, but if you want to do that. Movies are a great way to do that because then you get all the key points. Yep. You get it in an easily digestible way. Yes, unless they're like the Harry Potter movies, which are missing characters. That um, is how that girl caught me. Um, you know, because I did try to lie at first, and oh, that's yeah, how she caught me. Yeah. She was like, "Oh, how'd you feel about? Um, <laughs> why can't I think of his fucking name right now? The poltergeist guy. He's not in the movies, but he's in all the books." And I was like, "Oh, uh, yeah." I Are you just... talking about one of the ghosts? <laughs> one of the ghosts, right? Yeah, he's the one that always like fucks with them and stuff. Yeah, I know. Yeah, no, I agree with her. I can't believe you. No, <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, if you're going to pretend to be read books, you better like do your homework. Yeah. Or as as hope to you, God. Yeah. Hope to God that whoever you're talking to has no idea about the book. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's what I would do on Tinder. That was like my favorite pastime is I'd find people that have like all these like famous books listed and then I'd press them on those books. Well, yeah, exactly. I, um, <laughs> I think I'll get to it a little later because it's my number four book. Um, but I'll touch bases on that again. <laughs> okay, yeah, we'll come back to that. Yes. What's your next one? Uh, mine is Jane Eyre by Charlotte Bronte. Is that how you pronounce her last name? Or is it just Bront? Bronte? I don't know. Anyways, Bro- um, also a super famous romance novel. Um, neither of us, I haven't read it. Have oh, you? no, you, you won't catch me reading that now. Okay, I thought so. <laughs> um, it's apparently um, contains a lot of commentary on class, sexuality, religion, and feminism. Um, it would probably be read mostly, I think, personally, anyways, based off of the snippet of information I have here, um, probably by men that are trying to seem more feminist. And, yeah. uh mm-hmm. I mean, women looking oh, yeah. for a classic romance. <laughs> That's like another number one reason that people would pretend to read books. It's like basically to sound more woke. That's what I saw on Tinder all the time. And I see it on Twitter all the time with certain memes and stuff. It's like people are honestly pretending to sound more woke by referencing books that they clearly haven't read. <laughs> oh, know? my God. Yes. Okay. So when I get to my number one one, you remember you asked me why I included quotes. This is why. <laughs> No, yeah, no. My number one, I've got a huge thing. I got a huge thing as well. We'll definitely yes. be We should on tell that you guys later. that the number ones that we both picked are both books that we know people pretend to read, um, but they're also our You've favorite books. <laughs> so you get to learn yeah. about our favorite novels while also we learning have, that like, people lie about a, reading them. We're very knowledgeable, and we're going to apply that. With our number one, <laughs> we're gonna give you real life examples. But um, I feel I feel like they're all gonna think we're a bunch of like snooty people when they find out what we our sound top books awful. Are too. <laughs> we sound awful. We're over here, but like at the same time, we're also talking about books we haven't read as well. Yeah, so that's we're true. over here like like I haven't read that one book, but also like people that haven't read that one book, the other ones that I actually like, they're fucking idiots and I hate them. Exactly. <laughs> but also I haven't read these other books. For real, though, for both of our lists, once we get past, like, four, like, four on up, at least for me, four on up are ones I've read. 
um, mostly, mostly for me. Yeah. So, I mean, it all, yeah, from my four, my one, two, three, and four books I've all read. So they're ones that I'm a little bit more familiar with. Um, yeah, we're going to get into more and more detail as we go on. Yes. It's, it's me next, right? Okay. Yeah. Let's be real so, here. This is probably going to be like one of those hour and a half long episodes. So put your seatbelts on. <laughs> There's going to be like a maniacal, not maniacal, but probably more of a manic rant coming, coming along. Just so yeah. everyone's aware. I mean, it wouldn't be the Manic Renegades if we didn't have a Manic Rant. Come on now. This is true. Yeah, Remember the episode where we had to, like, scrap it, like, six times because we both kept going yeah. on stupid rants about stuff? Oh, my God. I think we were both, like, over-medicated or something. That's the one with bloopers like at the end. It's our Trixie and Katya episode. I love that episode. But, um, okay, so my, my next one is Infinite Jest by David Foster Wallace, and... I have not read this one, and I don't plan to, because after researching it, it sounds boring as fuck, to be perfectly honest. But, so the appeal with this one is that it's categorized as an encyclopedic novel. Does that not sound like fun to you? Don't you want to read an encyclopedic novel? That just... Right. Why? (laughs) Right? Exactly. You're like, no. mm -mm, But people quote it all the time. I see quotes about it on Facebook all the time. There's no way that I... There's no way that all the people that we see reference book have actually read it. I refuse to believe that because if you did your research on the book like I did, I can't think of anybody that would actually want to read this. This really I can think of plenty of people that would find like quotes from it and relate to those quotes or whatever, but I can't think of anybody that would actually want to read this. Let's see here. Goodreads load for me, please, so that I can look. (laughs) at this book okay well while that's loading i'll tell you about it it's uh like i said it's categorized as an encyclopedic novel and it's also described as being unconventional and i think this is like it's really really it's like it's only outstanding attribute really because it's just like described as unconventional with its overuse of end notes and also lacking any single like main character among some other things so i guess there's some appeal that it's not like your basic everyday like encyclopedic novel honestly i feel like this is probably a book that we would read it's listed on goodreads as a philosophical quest and screwball comedy and it it didn't sound like a comedy when i was bends every rule of fiction without sacrificing for a moment its own entertainment value but yeah, when I looked into that, it was just like things like it lacked a single main character. And like the things that they were talking about that were so unconventional, honestly, just sounded like the book was going to be confusing as fuck because it wasn't like any other book and not in a good way, as in like there was no like clear set linear path to it. You know what I mean? One of the people I follow on Goodreads listed, this is his, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Oh my God. His review, sorry. Um, so, MC <laughs> Lars, which Chell has no idea who that is. Um, he's a musician, a nerdcore musician. Or, uh, what, what's his, what, he has his own name for his genre. Uh, like, post-punk, post-punk laptop rap, I believe is what he calls it. Um, that sounds awful. No, he's the one that wrote that song about Edgar Allan Poe that I played for you. A lot of his music, he, he's a, um, an English major. <laughs> Or was an English major at some point. Um, so a lot of his music has to do with literature, um, which is how I found him. Anyways, so he <laughs> he lists. And his, it sounded um, awful. Tweet me snake emojis at Manic Renegades. 
if you're offended by that. <laughs> His uh, review, um, he calls it an, an arduous read, which means like strenuous or long, tiring which we kind of t- went over. Um, but he listed as his favorite book of all time. Glad I stuck with it. Now I'm going to be one of those Wallace fanatics who recommends this book to everyone. And yes, I'm going to make more music about these characters. Now, like I said, that's what he does. The first song I ever found by him is a song about Hamlet. So. Okay, there. We found one person that actually wanted to read it. A weird dude that writes nerdcore. Hey, now, you know what? If you actually sat down and listened to his music, I bet you'd like it. Tweet me, snake emojis, bitch. I will get on there, and I will tweet you a bunch of MC Lar songs. I'll take him in, oh, too, so that he bothers you. <laughs> Not opening the, those mentions on that account. Jesus. Oh, no, seriously. His music is really good. You would you would enjoy it. Okay. Anyways. Now we're really going to get into it, aren't we? Yeah, so now we're on Clockwork yeah. Orange, um, which oh, I didn't even know was based on a book until I had probably seen the movie for, like, the tenth time. Um, oh, God. So Yeah, I watched, like, probably, like, 30 minutes of the movie, and I was like, no, nope. <laughs> yeah, it's very screwed up. It's hardcore, yeah. It is so hardcore. Um, yeah. And, again, it's for somebody who's super edgy and dark, Um the book goes oh, over for sure. like it, there's extreme drug use in the movie. They don't talk about it, but in the book, um, there's a scene in the movie where they go to like a milk bar, and in a the book, milk bar, a literal milk bar. Yes, so there is literally statues of women. Oh my god! With milk no. coming out of the boobs. Um, That's not a thing. That's not a thing. Um, That's not a thing. I reject that reality <laughs> in the book though the oh, milk okay. has lsd in it oh so in the movie it, they just drinking milk the and then all of a sudden like, they're no, like tripping it's just, ass it's worst yeah oh. yeah it, the book makes it worse a lot worse oh, my God. <laughs> um there's a scene in the movie where they beat a woman to death with a giant penis statue and in the book they actually <laughs> like raped and murdered her um, so, I mean, in a way, the Wait movie turned some of the more grotesque things in the book and more Jesus. turned it into, like, an art. So, um, yeah. yeah, I don't so know. So, if I couldn't tolerate the movie, I sure as hell couldn't tolerate that book. No, no, the book is honestly, like, I mean, it's interesting because, you know, the characters are so just fucking batshit crazy. Right. But at yeah, the same I mean, that time, would, yeah. it's really fucked up. <laughs> that's like, that would be the main reason to watch a book or maybe is to get into the mindset of somebody that's not you, right? Well, yeah. I mean, I read it because I was friends with a lot of um, dark, edgy people, you know, and um, yeah, a guy I liked at the time read the book and he was you know going on about how it's so great so I read it so that you know and then after I read it I was like I don't know if I want to date you no more <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness oh my gosh <laughs> oh my gosh okay <laughs> you're like this is my life <laughs> I know um it's not just like drug and mental illness right there's like um uh a lot of like well i mean 
commentary on mental illness and politics, I'm guessing, because it's set in a, like, a dystopian communist kind of world. Mm, I don't know. What's your next book? Let's go to that one. <laughs> You're like, I don't want to talk about that one anymore. I was just trying to get to know the book. You're like, I no, you don't. Don't. <laughs> don't. You're right. If You're you right. can't okay. handle the movie, don't read right. the book. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm, the, and the segue I was trying to get to is that, like, are, it seems that, like, uh, books about uh, political dystopia seems to be, like, an ongoing thing in our uh, reading list here. Let's be real so, here. That's a lot of what we read. <laughs> I mean, it's the only thing that can make us feel better in these troubling times. Yeah. Is reading something, a book about even more troubling times. <laughs> <laughs> um, so my next one is not one I've read, but I really want to read after I've done my research on it for this. And it's called Atlas Shrugged by, I believe no. it's pronounced Aang. No. Fran? Your next no? book is Animal Farm. Jeez. Oh, Animal Farm, yeah. You oh my god, you sure you books. want me to go on that rant right now? Okay. <gasps> Fuck that book, no, I'm just kidding. Um, okay, yeah, we don't need you to animal. diss no Anne Ryan Rand while you're... Is that how you pronounce you just... it? I'm glad you told me that. Um, okay, so no. I'll talk about Animal Farm by George Orwell. So, um, and the reason why Dublin absolutely refused to let me skip this book is because I forced her to read it. And she's just not going to let that effort go. No. <laughs> yeah, I know. Although, let's so, not tell them why you forced me to read it, because that'll make me look awful. <laughs> yeah, let's not talk about the fact that, like, you know, I was just uh, acting out <laughs> to try to even the playing field for what had been done to me. Um, no. She made yeah, me read Yeah, because you were trying to force me to read that garbage series with uh, was nothing but sex and shit, wasn't oh, it? Oh, no. Remember, I... Uh, <laughs> You don't even remember. So this is you must have been one of your ambient tirades. So maybe um, I just she found out that I inherited a first edition of Animal Farm from oh, my yeah. grandfather, yeah, and she that, got yeah. really upset with me that I had never read it and like yeah. ranted at me for like probably an hour and a half about how I needed I to read this book Dorwell, and how like, I needed to be disowned by my grandfather because of this. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> no, but like the same way you feel about Edgar Allan Poe is how I feel about Georgia Orwell. And so, when like I when you had said that, I just took personal offense. I was deeply offended on a deep, dark level. I was so triggered. <laughs> I was so triggered. I was so under medicated. I guess at the time, I just could not handle the information you had just given me. But it was short. So it Farm. took me a day to read it. So. Yeah, I mean, like, if you want to pretend to read this book, go ahead, because you can read the cliff notes and be fine, because it's literally, I have my copy here, actually, and it's like 112 pages or something like that. It's so short, and um, no lie, like, looking at this copy, though, like, somebody could easily pick this up, and just because of how little it is, and because it's called Animal Farm, like, definitely mistaken it for a book for children or something. Oh man, <laughs> that would be really awkward. But um, okay, so essentially, Animal Farm. It's all. It's about like you know animals that can talk, and how they rebel against the farmer that owns them, and then they kind of create their own society on the farm. And it's all a huge metaphor for 
um, human behavior during oppression and more specifically it's a it's um, a metaphor for the I want to say this Russian which cut this communism. hold on I can't remember no not not just communism it was a specific war and I it was like Russian something I can't think of it on the top of my head but We'll fast forward this. We're, we're gonna we're gonna have a whole episode, guys, where it's just like thirty seconds of nothing while we're trying <laughs> to think of the words we're talking about. Oh my god, no. That could be like an hour. It's just gonna it be out. like an episode of us going like, wait, wait, what is it? What is it? <laughs> um, but it is for the I mean, it, you could just say it's like against communism, but I know for a fact, like, I remember, like, after reading it for some time, I had seen it somewhere, and it was like, there was a specific wars about. Dude, bro, it's been like two full minutes, and you still haven't okay, figured it out. Okay, no, wait, okay, fine. <laughs> we'll just get to this. It's basically um, a metaphor for communism in the Soviet Union, and... Reading this book, okay, one thing it would, like, say that you're, you know, insightful and intellectual enough to understand heavy metaphors, but honestly, like, people who pretend to read it would think that, but really, if you just read it, you would know that it does not take a fucking genius to understand that metaphor at all. <laughs> like, so I think people who pretend to read this book, like, clearly haven't read it, and they're trying to sound smart, but they don't realize how, like, they're actually making themselves sound stupid compared to people that have read it because it's so short and it's so easy to read and the metaphor is so blatantly obvious but I mean it's just you're just not going to sound as impressive as you think you do when you pretend to read this book but side note you know the only reason why I ever even like heard or gotten into George Orwell to begin with was like when I was a kid I would watch the X-Men cartoon in the 90s, the original one, and I was obsessed with that. I think I'm like, probably the first episode, or at least one of the first episodes, the character Beast, who is like, um, he's like, it's, he's a genius and a scientist or whatever, and they had a scene of that character reading this book when he was in jail or something, and so I was convinced as a kid that like this book, Animal Farm by George Orwell, was only for geniuses. <laughs> and, like, only people like Beast would understand it. And so I knew when I was, like, whenever I get old enough to read complicated books, I'm going to have to read this book so I can be, like, Beast. And then, like, years later, I read it, and I'm like, those motherfuckers lied to me. <laughs> Straight up lied to my face. Made me think, like, but it's, like, there's seriously references a lot like that to Animal Farm and certain shows and movies that will, like, make you think that this is only for geniuses, but it's really not. <laughs> Yeah. Um, anyways, let's cut her off before she gets too much further into this. <laughs> <laughs> My next book is Frankenstein by Mary Shelley. I don't think you wanted to cut me off. I think you just wanted to get into your own rant. Maybe. <laughs> okay, go for it. <laughs> anyways, so, um, well, let's just put it this way. Movies and stuff about Frankenstein are so just different have you yeah. read the book 
No, but I watched the movie Young Frankenstein and I was obsessed <laughs> with that. <laughs> well, let's just put it this way. Like, it's the best I got. Mary Shelley is a fantastic writer. I mean, it's considered one of the most, like, it's it's a classic in the horror genre. I mean, it was the first of its kind. Um, we have actually discussed doing an entire episode just about her um, mm. because of all the issues she had when she first put the book out, essentially. Um, Sexism, murder. <laughs> yeah. All of it, yeah. Um, but it's very, like, honestly it's really wordy and like descriptive like i mean it's a it's a decent novel but like i don't know if you can see the like the pictures that i put in for (laughs) frankenstein but they're really true like um frankenstein in the book is the necromancy equivalent of writing an essay at four o'clock in the morning and looking at the (laughs) incomprehensible mess the next day and screaming (laughs) is a pretty accurate way to describe the book um well now you're finally selling books to me yeah well i mean you've probably never read andromeda strain but that um by michael Crichton is very very similar like you read through it and you're like oh my god there's so much math and science and then you watch the movie and you're like (laughs) that's not the same (laughs) (laughs) right um another one too uh Frankenstein, the book, is perhaps one of the greatest pieces of shade literature in history. Young woman stuck in the middle of nowhere with dude bro poet writes story about a man whose act of creative arrogance is so misguided it kills people. (laughs) Sold. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's it's true. Um, Like we we said, we were going to do a whole episode about... um, her and writing the novel and everything um the dude bro poet yeah but i mean I essentially think I to put him. it to <laughs> just give you like a little synopsis her and like i think it's two or three male authors um one of them being her husband or lover or something um mm-hmm. went together on like this re- getaway uh like a vacation and okay. she wrote this novel there with them oh, and okay. so what the hell? What kind of drugs were they using on this trip? That's like, what I want to know. That's what we're going to research and figure out. Um, right. yeah. Also, I want to know what weird shit went down to cause that book to happen. Yeah. Um, to me, the easiest way to find somebody that has not read the book is when somebody says, like, they're talking about Frankenstein. And they're like, actually, Frankenstein was the doctor, not the monster. <laughs> and it's like... <laughs> As soon as that comes out of somebody's mouth, it's me, like, but no, you're right. Yeah. Oh well, yeah. As soon as it comes out their mouth, you're like, well, they've clearly never read it. I mean, obviously <laughs> they kn- are knowledgeable in it, but like, I feel like somebody who's that arrogant about it has to be pretending to have read Would it try to, to sound cool. overcompensate. Yeah. 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 I could show you. Definitely. I mean, like, you know, if it's I like having to a lifted sound, truck. Like... Yeah, if I was trying to impress somebody, I, that would be the kind of thing I would say. If they if I they were into Frankenstein and I was trying to impress them, oh, I would, I would say that a thousand percent. <laughs> All right. So we go on to Atlas Shrugged. Yes. Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah, Atlas Shrugged by Anne Rind. Anne or Anne or Anne Rind, but I'm pretty sure it's sorry Anne. if I butchered. Ain, okay, Ain Rand. Yeah. Something like that, Sorry. I think. Don't quote me on it. Rand. Ain Rand. 
<laughs> we should have a total episode of us mispronouncing things. <laughs> Atlas Shugs by Ayn Rand. <laughs> um, okay, it's, uh, again, like, a lot of the books we read. It's a dystopian United States kind of novel. But um, this one, okay, so this one, like, one would pretend to read it because, um, like another book we're going to be talking about, it is relevant in our political climate today as we are recording this in October of 2020. And, you know, when I was doing my research on it, like, I didn't care to read this book because it seemed really long and tedious. But when I did my research on it, I really want to read it now. And it's, yeah. I know, right? It sounds really good. But um, but it's also, yeah, it does sound very relevant to uh, the political climate and some of the issues we're dealing with in the United States today because it's we essentially should read a, it. We should, yeah. I have it. it. I have a paperback copy somewhere. Or hardcover. Yeah. It's really I mean, with good. it being so old, I don't think it would be that expensive on Kindle or anything. No, um, yeah. I was actually just looking it up on Audible, and the unabridged version on Audible is free. Shut up. With, uh, I'm assuming, with your Audible whatever yeah. it just said included on it so i downloaded it um yeah it's, i prefer uh, audiobooks 63 hours so <laughs> i told you it was long and tedious but hey yeah you know, no it is super long story. i bought i actually have the audiobook on cds somewhere yeah that i had bought at uh 63 hours yeah uh i thought like know, a 20 copy, hour remember? moby dick one was ridiculous i showed you how thick dune is my paperback copy yeah, yeah this one's did. thicker than that I should probably look up Dune on Audible just just to see. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. So anyway, so this one is about like a private business owners, and it's basically, from what I understand from the research that I did, um, <laughs> it's basically like I'm just I want to make it clear I've not read this book, so if I don't sound very educated on the book, that's that's why. <laughs> but so it's about private business owners and. They're basically, and from what I understood, what I took away from the research I did, is that they're living in, you know, a dystopian United States under communism. And then there's two distinct groups in the book, two distinct, well, classes, I should say. And there's basically one called looters, and then the other one is just non-looters. But with all the rioting and looting today, like, one would pretend to read this book to sound super woke, you know, because it is very relevant. What does woke but, um, mean? Um, insightful, uh, like, uh, feminist, like, super progressive person. So, like, a hipster? Is that what we're calling hipsters now? <laughs> I guess so, yeah. Okay. Every but, um, time I hear them say it on Mile Higher, and I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? I know. I didn't like the, I, <laughs> no, I don't think I've ever used that term until this episode, but I couldn't think of an easier way to describe it, but. But yeah, so, you know, there's a lot of looting and rioting here in the United States. Justifiably so, because people are doing it in retaliation to innocent people being murdered. But apparently looting and rioting is not an appropriate reply to murder. But murder is an appropriate reply to rooting and liar. Rooting and... Rooting. <laughs> looting and rioting. Because, like, a... Re just recently, we had a Kenosha shooter shoot people when he was uh, protecting a business. You know, uh, he murdered people for when he went to uh, 
somewhere to protect the business or something. God, I hope that business is okay. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Dark humor. Moving on. <laughs> but did you mute yourself again? No, I didn't. I've just been oh, okay. uh, listening to you go and, and go and go and I was sitting here laughing Fine. to myself because I looked up I looked up how long that June passive aggressiveness though uh, <laughs> right I'm done damn so remember how with? we said Atlas Shrugged was 63 hours you wanna know how much Dune was yeah 22 oh my god really yeah Really? Atlas Shrugged Kindle Edition is 1,681 pages. Oh, my God. We might as well read War and Peace. Damn. Uh, but it is only $3 on Kindle, so I just bought it <laughs> on my Kindle app. <clears throat> oh, my God. Yeah. Okay, that way then. I don't have to screw around and find. Oh, her book, The Fountainhead, is also $3. <laughs> so I'll, I'll wrap it up. Thanks for so nicely asking me to wrap it up. <laughs> but um but yeah it's, it's relevant today you know because of the political climate today and also apparently because it's so freaking long the same reason somebody would pretend to read war and peace to sound like they have the patience and intellect to sit down and read a thousand page book <laughs> cut to us saying that we're gonna read it <laughs> i'm done yeah Are thanks you? for coming to my ted talk What's your next one, Dove? My next one <laughs> is... I don't even know. Oh, my God. What's my list? Where's my list? Oh, Lord of the Rings. Oh, Lord. That's another one kind of like Harry Potter, though. Like, Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> bandwagon. Fandom. Definitely yeah. a huge... Um, yeah. You don't want to get bullied. Yeah. Yeah. They. I mean, those movies came out around the same time, too. Uh, the first right, three yeah. did, anyways. Um, mm-hmm. I love the movies. I was no, yeah. I'm like I mean, you in this the, situation the where I love yeah, the they movies. Have, yeah, because the popularity, the movies were really popular. They still are. I mean, definitely. Um, I I literally just went on Amazon and bought new copies because the copies I have right now are like just random ass copies I picked up at thrift stores so like none of them match and they're you know like I have one that's a hardback two that are paperback (laughs) and I have another one that's like falling apart I don't even think it has a front cover on it and so I bought um as I told Jill they're hobbit sized um they're so cute they are they are too and a lot of the reviews were like I bought these thinking they were normal sized and I'm like sitting here like (laughs) I bought these specifically because I thought they were going to be tiny books and they are tiny books and I was so excited (laughs) (laughs) they're like the size of your hand actually they're probably smaller they're like I think they said they were like five inches tall something like that they're super adorbs um Uh, another reason why I feel like people might um, lie about reading Lord of the Rings is it is one of the, I mean, it's high fantasy, like super high fantasy. Yeah, um, very nerdy. Exactly, yeah, extremely nerdy. Um, and it's Somebody one of trying the... to pretend like there's some kind of Dungeons and Dragons nerd. You know? Exactly, honestly. like yeah. I feel like that would be the easiest way to do it, too, because if right. you think about it, Lord of the Rings... Out of all the fantasy, like famous fantasy 
series out there. Lord of the Rings mm-hmm. and Game of Thrones are probably the two most popular in like yeah. pop culture. Yeah. Um, but they're also like, they're. I mean, don't get me wrong. I well, I've never read Game of Thrones, so I don't know. But Lord of the Rings, they are really, really good books, and I highly suggest anyone that's seen the movies and enjoyed them to read them. Mm-hmm. But they're very like. If you're a fantasy reader, that's not going to be, like, the top fantasy books you've ever read. You know what I mean? I mean, like, obviously for some people they are. Everyone has different tastes. But, like, when I sit back and I think of, like, my all-time favorite fantasy book that I've ever read, it's not Lord of the Rings, you know? Um, It'd probably be, like, The Name of the Wind by Patrick Roth, whatever his last name is. (laughs) <laughs> it's the one I sent you, know, you Michelle, another thing that you I probably never of? even opened <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> wow I didn't know this episode was going to be a talk tell came emotionally prepared and over medicated but, but like <laughs> I mean that's true though like um no you're right my one of my friends Glennis when I asked her you know what what's your favorite series hers is the sword of truth by I believe it's Terry Goodkind I would have to ask her but I you know so like the people I know that read high fantasy nerds <laughs> yes whatever um Lord of the Rings isn't like when they're gonna go and talk to somebody about fantasy novels Lord of the Rings is probably not gonna be the first one that comes out of their mouth yeah because everyone's seen the movies why would you want to talk about it exactly you know yeah. when you want to talk about fantasy novels you want to talk about ones no one's heard of before you know like those hidden gems. <clears throat> yeah, and you know what I was thinking about? I was trying to compare it to like Harry Potter, which is like another really popular fantasy series. But then I realized that like Harry Potter was like children's books. Yep. Anybody could read those. But Lord of the Rings would, I think they're not children's no. books. No. I think they're adult books, right? Yes. Like, yeah. The so Hobbit they're pretty, they're way longer for children. Um, but yeah. the rest of them are, there's a lot of violence yeah so they're like way more complex and harder to read than one thing i don't know if you know this but jrl tolkien uh created a lot of the lord of the rings books and the side stories and all that stuff while in the um trenches of world war ii or world war one world really? war II. one of the world wars anyways the more you know yeah that's so crazy. if you think about like some of the stuff that they talk about like the orcs versus the elves and you know all that stuff it kind of like you think about it from a, a soldier like hiding out in the trenches it kind of makes you think like it the Germans sense. versus the British there's a heavy-handed metaphor here yeah exactly like it's mm-hmm. if you look back on it like honestly if you know I didn't know this until after I'd read them but I think if I were to go back and reread them knowing what he was doing now because i read that i I read that movie i watched that movie tolkien with nicholas holt in it have you seen it no but i know nicholas holt is yeah uh nicholas holt is the guy that plays the beast in the newer x-men movies yeah i know yeah and he was in mad max as well right i i haven't seen it um but he uh (laughs) anyways he plays he plays J.R. tolkien in the in the movie about him he looks like a baby. He does. He's so cute. Did you know he was in About a Boy? <laughs> no. With Hugh Grant, he plays the boy. Oh. Huh. 
Yeah, right? I, like, went, I was looking through, and I was, like, looking at movies. I'm like, wait a second, why does that little kid look so familiar? <laughs> Anyways, let's go to Chell's next book. <laughs> Cut yourself off. I love that. <laughs> okay, so my, my next one is To Kill a Mockingbird by Harper Lee. And I don't know, maybe it's just because I went to high school in Arkansas, but we were required to read this in my English class in high school. I, I was, know. and I didn't read it. <laughs> okay, so, okay, it's not just a Southern thing. Okay, but the reason why I would ask that is because this book is uh, about a small town and essentially just race relations in the South during the Great Depression. And one would pretend to read this because, once again, to sound super woke, because it's about Southern culture and race relations, and that's pretty relevant today, you know, with all the with everything that's going on but also somebody would probably pretend to read this to try to convince other people that they weren't racist but then again if you had to convince somebody that you weren't racist you're probably racist <laughs> i mean let's be real here i bet two-thirds of the people listening to us right now have never read the book but were required to for school and right. lied their asses off Right. Because I oh, yeah. 100% for sure know. I mean, now, obviously, I'll tell you I haven't read the book. But when I was in school, when I was in whatever grade and I had to read the book, I 100% lied about that shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, like, if you were, like, let's just say, because, like, this is a prime example that I have. But if you were, like, on Tinder and you were, like, let's just uh, say, like, some really, like, stereotypically redneck motherfucker like sitting in your pod shirt in front of your pickup truck or some shit like that i'm not calling anybody out no but <laughs> and then like but you you knew that everything about you kind of like your stereotype was played off as a racist so you would probably put this book in there to try to make it seem like you're racist but like i said if you try to convince people that you're not racist probably because there's some racism in you i'm just saying yeah no <laughs> kidding um yeah i don't you know, honestly, I think I remember, I think I was in 10th grade when I read that book. Honestly, the only reason I remember that is because my 10th grade English teacher was so awesome. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's not talk about where I went to high school so he doesn't get in trouble, but we used to smoke <laughs> pot with him after school. And um, so I was one of those students that That took that an would... interesting turn. <laughs> yeah. Um, he, would, he would buy it from one of my friends in high school. Anyways, so... I was one of those kids. She's already talked about it. I've always been a really, really avid reader. And so when I was in his class, I would always have, like, the textbook open to whatever it was supposed to be. And then I would have, it wasn't like... Harry Potter. Well, no. I would have whatever <laughs> book I was reading, like, on the inside of the book, reading that while class was going on. And he caught me so many times. And every single time, I remember one time he pulled me aside after class. And he asked what I was reading. And he looked at it. And he goes, I'm not even mad. He's like, this is English class. You're supposed to be reading, you know, whatever book we were supposed to be reading or whatever. He's like, you're not doing that, but you're reading. And that's better than most of these kids. <laughs> you imagine, like, I imagine this kind of kid that would, like, have the actual, like, textbook open that we were supposed to have. And then, like, inside the textbook would be, like, whatever book you wanted to actually read. <laughs> yeah, that's what I meant. Like, I would literally, like have the textbook like sitting on the desk with my book on the inside so if like they were standing oh my in front God. of me it looked like I was reading the textbook but I wasn't yeah 
Oh, because you should give it like he probably picked it up thinking that you had like a porn magazine or a comic book in there, and he's like, "Oh, it's just another book. What the fuck?" Yeah. <laughs> uh, I did read so comic books sometimes, so but no, it was usually real books. I'm pretty sure the first time he caught me, I think I was reading The Hobbit, honestly. Oh, my God. Anyways, enough about that teacher. He was awesome, and um, I don't know if he still teaches. I don't know. But if he does, those students are lucky. I'm not even joking. He was probably one of my favorite teachers I ever had. (laughs) Yeah. He sounds awesome. Okay, my next one is um, A Catcher in the Rye by J.D. Salinger. I'm sorry. But I haven't read it. I haven't read it. Um, Mostly because, like, if I did want to read it, it would have been, like, when I was in high school. But I'm pretty sure this was, like, banned in my high school, though. (laughs) I I have a copy of it somewhere. Yeah. But, like, the reason why it was banned, I'll tell you all about it. Um, And the reason why somebody would pretend to read this is, is, like, the historical relevance, right? So, basically, the story behind this book is that, and it's not, it doesn't sound like a super interesting book to me. Tweet me sick emojis if you want, but um, the police found the man that murdered John Lennon reading this book right after the murder, and that's why it gained so much notoriety. So essentially, the book ended up being banned by many schools in certain countries and stuff because of its connection to John Lennon's murder. And I guess the killer put a lot of like, uh, um basically put a lot of blame on this book said that he was like he saw himself as the main character in the book or something like that and I was like really? he basically yeah he like heavily linked it to his mental dude, instability this book was banned at my school because the dude main dude in this book was fucking crazy right yeah the book itself has issues even without John Lennon's murder but whatever but yeah so, I'm like, pretty sure the catcher in the rye is I mean, that's what, like, Donnie Darko was partially based off of. Remember, the main character, or maybe it's not in that movie. There's another movie where the main character's named Holden. That's the main character in Catcher in the Rye. Yeah, it's essentially about, like, a really, like, overly privileged kid that, like, got kicked out of school and he, like, just goes off the rails or something, right? Yeah, it's about, a, like, a mentally unstable person. That's, I mean, I've never read it, but that's that's as far as I know about it, is that it's yeah, it's about a man or a like a teenager or young adult um, yeah, I think dealing like with a, mental health issues. Yeah, he gets kicked out of school and he just goes off the rails. And, well, anyway, it was linked to John Lennon's murder, so that's the main reason why it gained so much notoriety. So somebody would pretend to read this because, you know, the historical relevance to John Lennon, who's a fucking legend. And... So it would just, like, kind of open up the conversation to books or music, right? That would be a good, that would be a good book to pretend to read. Because, like, mm-hmm. you could bring that book up and you can either talk about John Lennon, you could just talk about other books, you can talk about whatever the book's about, mentally ill people that go off the rock. <laughs> Anyways, so Chell said two books, so this is my number two book. I'm sorry. That's okay. I already went over my number three. So this is my number two. So after I'm done, she'll say her number one and I'll say my number one and there will be huge long rants. Although, (laughs) thinking back on it, both of our number one books have very similar themes to them. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah, those are ongoing themes for us. But I mean, yeah. In general. 
But your number one is your favorite book. My number one's my favorite book. I just I find it a little funny that they they do have so many corresponding um what's the word I'm looking for? Because of the ideas, relevance no, of today's ideas. political climate, I'm telling you. Not even the political stuff, like just the other stuff. I don't wanna I guess I don't wanna give them away. So I we'll guess we'll talk it about now. it when we get there. Um yeah. so my number two book is Dune. Um as a sci-fi nerd, I feel like Dune is definitely one that people would pretend to have read to sound more cultured, I guess, in the sci-fi genre. I mean, it's one of the oldest sci-fi novels. It's the first, um, it's listed as one of the first sci-fi uh, novels that used world building. I mean, you go into Dune and there is a whole separate dictionary attached to the back of the book that Lord. is different words that they use that aren't like normal words. Lord. He made his own dictionary to go with the <laughs> books. Now, um, the m- main points I took away from it is it's very, <sighs> I don't even, like, I don't even know how to explain it. Like, um, it's kind of talks about like colonization, but mm-hmm you are mostly reading from the people that are residing on the planet standpoint. Um, Although it's one of those, what's it called? Like third person where it sees like everyone's point of view. So when I first started reading it, it was a little confusing because of the word style or the writing style. I'm used to reading first person novels. And this one was very like one paragraph you'd be listening to, you know, one character's thoughts. And then the next paragraph right below it was the other person's thoughts. So it was, it was hard for me to get used to. I'm not reading, used to reading books like that. Um, But it's really good. Um, I'm almost done with it. I'm on page like 690 or something like that i think i still have like 100 pages left so it's basically like a human relations kind of between like honestly okay so i found this goodreads we've been speaking about goodreads so i found this goodreads review um from some random stranger his name was manny um his review i will read to you because i didn't even think about it honestly until i read his review and i was just my mind was just blown um okay so his review this is not the entire his entire review this is just one paragraph i took from his review um but so this is the dune we know and love but the man who rewrote it now would get a rather different reception so he's talking about like if somebody if it didn't come out in the 60s i think it came out in 65 if it hadn't come out then and it comes out now instead um, their reception would be different. Oh my God! Mm-hmm. These freemen who obviously speak Arabic live on a desert planet, which survives, uh, supplies the universe <laughs> with melange, a commodity essential to the galactic economy and, in particular, to transport. Not a very subtle way to say oil. They are tough, uncompromising guy. fighters who are quite happy to use suicide bombing as a task, as a tactic. They're led <sighs> by a charismatic former rich kid. Okay, we get you. We get who you mean. Um, who inspires them to rise up against the corporate degenerate. Um, does he mean Westerners or only the U.S.? And who is Baron Harkonnen? Baron Harkonnen is the main villain throughout the entire novel um, okay. intended to be. I'm racking my brains. Um, 
I love this guy. That was... Right? Uh, Dubai doesn't quite seem to fit, um, but surely he means someone. Unless, of course, he's just generic, a generic stereotype who stands for the immoral, sexually obsessed West. This is frightening. What did you do? What did we do to make Frank Herbert hate us so much? Herbert <laughs> is the... Frank Herbert's the enormous original writer so his is frank al herbert like alternate version (laughs) uh you'd have people not even necessarily right-wingers appearing on tv to say that the book was dangerous and should be banned at the very least it incites racial hate word hatred and openly encourages terrorism but translations would sell brilliantly in pakistan and saudi arabia and a bad movie version would soon be made in turkey I honestly don't think Herbert meant any of it or any of that. But today, it's almost impossible not to wonder. And it really makes you wonder the timing of the new movie coming out. Um, Because that was why I had decided to uh, read. Yeah, I saw that trailer now. Yeah, Yeah, I never, like, I've heard of it a few times, but I never really got interested in it. Then I saw that trailer and I was like, this looks like Star Wars. I'm in. Yeah, right. But now, like, after that review, I really want to read it now. Because it, it does sound like Star Wars legit. in the sense that there's, like, a metaphor of, like, you know, I don't want to say right-wingers against liberals, because that's not really it. But there's, like, uh, a metaphor of, like, totalitarians against, you know, uh, freedom fighters, I guess you would yeah. say. Yeah. Um, honestly, like, I would read it, like, yourself. Like, I didn't even think about half the things he mentioned until I read his review and I was like huh um one thing though that I do like about it is it's very open-minded it was written in 1965 and the main Mm -hmm. villain is gay (laughs) I'm Um, I'm not saying like that's bad I just no not like he's trying to demonize gay people right no exactly like I mean I guess maybe he is because he is the villain but at the same time to me I thought once I found out that you don't Okay, spoiler alert, sorry. You don't find that out until, like, close to the end of the book. But either way, like, the fact that it was, like, so just openly in the book, to me, it was just... Yeah, to have it in there at all is crazy. Exactly, because it was written in 1965, like... Right, yeah. No, I see you, yeah. That, yeah, I... I'm so like I know I want to read it and I've I'm in that little uh loop that we always get into where I've already like reading two books and I can't I don't want to buy another one but I do <laughs> I get it <laughs> I know um we're on to our number ones good lord good lord who's going first you me okay girl you're gonna have to cut me off <laughs> Well, it'll be a perfect segue since they have so many similar um, ideas and stuff. Yeah. Okay, so I picked 1984 by George Orwell. Who saw that coming? I have no idea. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, like like you were talking about with Dune, there's a lot of similarities, you know, even though it was a book written way before anybody could even know that this was all going to happen. There's a lot of similarities in the book. Um, And you know, uh, a lot of people have, like, described it as, like, a warning. Um, take that as you will. But here's the thing, and I have a few gripes about that. Um, so somebody would obviously pretend to have read this to sound like, like I've said a few times, super woke and, you know, super aware 
or uh, interest in, interested in or, you know, in politics and that kind of thing, because obviously it's based in like a dystopian United States under a totalitarian government and all that. But I take so much issue and I think it's really blatantly obvious when people pretend to have read this book, because like when you look at the way that people reference this book and they reference it a lot because like I said there are some similarities between the book and like what's going on in politics today at least in here in the United States so I mean it's really easy to like pick and choose some quotes out of the books and apply it to like pretty much any political problem that you can find but yeah I uh that the few quotes that I found for my book definitely fit I feel like oh yeah you can apply them anywhere right yeah. So, I mean, but here's the thing, though, is, like, it's really easy to find out who hasn't read this book, because, like, um, and I'll give a few prime examples here. I found some memes on Twitter um, relating to this book, and it was literally, like, you know, a lot of people were just taking quotes from the book and, like, applying them to, like, certain things that politicians <laughs> said or just cer- certain, like, right. you know, political events or whatever. And obviously they're doing that to sound like way more cultured they're like oh not only am i aware of what's going on politically here i am also like know for a fact and can relate it to this old book i've read because i'm super smart (laughs) but like so it's really obvious to me especially when i've seen this one meme that i've seen where it's like i think i need to move this book to the nonfiction section or this other one that says like this is supposed to be a warning not a guidebook (laughs) seen that one those people have not read the book. I don't think they've read the first freaking chapter. Because the book is so far out there. And it's like, like I said, there's some similarities, for sure. You know, with certain people and whatnot. Skynet. But the book is so <laughs> far down the dystopian hole. And it's so far, like, away from reality. There's no way that, at least here in the United States, that we could ever get to that point. And I know I sound like an ignorant optimist when I say that, but I'm, <laughs> I'm really just being a realist. There's just no way. And I'm not saying that there aren't certain things in the book that could happen, but like overall, like for people to just say that like the whole entire book is going to be our future, clearly haven't read the book. They just haven't. It's so obvious. They haven't even read the first chapter because there's no way that things could ever get that bad. I don't want to ruin it for anybody, but like, just believe me when I tell you that it can never get that bad. <laughs> like, if you want to read it to feel better, knowing that it will never get that bad, maybe, maybe that. Oh, I wish I could say the same about my book. Honestly, <laughs> I know, right? But yeah, but also like because it's so there's so many like quotes and certain situations in the book that are so relevant and so similar to some things going on today in our politics. It's really simple and super easy to just pick and choose certain quotes out of the books and apply them to like any bit of political discourse in our country and sound super smart and cultured because you're referencing a famous book. But like it's very easy to obvious like just out yourself in the same way. Yeah. But I'll, is it my I'll turn now? And, yes, I okay. will cut myself off. Yes. <laughs> so my book is Fahrenheit 451, which, like she said, 1984 is her favorite book. Fahrenheit 451 by Ray Bradbury is my favorite book. And it has so many ties with today's society. Like, honestly, so much of what happens in this book, I could see happening in the next 50 years. <laughs> Um, I don't know. It's a short like book. It's only 150 pages I want to read it now just so I can 
apply my realistic ideals to it or see if you're actually like not just over dramatizing yeah well um this book was published in 1953 um but it's it's so um one okay so for instance one article I read um, when I was looking for through I wanted to make sure that my book could actually be considered a book that people pretend to read but it's like 1984 it's one you had to read for school so you know a lot of people didn't read it because it it was forced on them no I honestly did that thing where like I judged the book by its cover I was like is this about a fireman I can't relate to a fireman I don't want to read this (laughs) (laughs) yeah um so it is essentially the premise is it concentrates on the growing aversion currently to paper literature and government censors. Um, fake news is used in, I mean, the, the term fake news is not used in the book, but, um, you know, in, so in this world, paper literature is banned. Um, every house has a TV room. It's literally oh. just a room surrounded by screens where you can watch TV like all day. You have access to literature like the Bible and everything through their like, like cloud. Restricted, controlled. But literature. it's yeah, restricted. You know, it has it's been the censored. The restricted section at Hogwarts. Yeah, it it's been <laughs> censored for the masses so that it doesn't incite opinions it doesn't ex- you know i think it creates... violence and you're like opinions and i was like whoa no but i mean really like train. it doesn't incite no, opinion yeah. you know like how can I you disagree with your government if they're feeding you, you propaganda information yeah um so the central theme of fahrenheit 451 is the conflict between freedom of thought and censorship um mm-hmm. The society depicted in the book has voluntarily given up books and reading, and by large, the people do not feel oppressed or censored. Um, so more of an, like a further, I guess, explanation of it, it follows this man, a fireman. Uh, but in this world, he, all the houses are flame retardant. They don't light on fire anymore. You know, they there's no way to burn them. Um, and his job is to destroy illegal commodities printed books magazines um records obviously this book was written before cds and eight tracks and all that stuff existed so um and essentially he finds i believe it's the bible and he starts reading it and realizes how censored the version he's seen is and you know it's about him like breaking a part of society and becoming a part of this like underground society right it's really yeah, it's very similar it sounds similar to 1984 because i'm in 1984 they don't they don't say fake news either but they do have a term called newspeak in there where it's basically like uh referencing to the way politicians abuse language to twist and you know manipulate certain narratives to sound a certain way Mm-hmm. And so see, so there. when I, I looked at your quotes and they're not, um, <laughs> yeah. so I put in some quotes that I've seen people use, um, th- that just, ah, uh, anyways, so, okay, so <laughs> I'll go with my first quote here. There are okay. worse crimes than burning books. One of them is not reading them. It's a quote directly from Fahrenheit 451. 
And I couldn't find the picture. But the first picture that I originally saw of this quote was with Abraham Lincoln. Okay. Ain't no Abraham Lincoln be reading Fahrenheit 451. (laughs) (sighs) (laughs) Anyways. um, (laughs) Oh, my God. So this one, this one's really good. I really like this one. Stuff your eyes with wonder, he said. Live as if you'd drop dead in 10 seconds. See the world. It's more fantastic than any dream made or paid for in factories. This was part of like a, I don't even know, like a inspirational, what's the word? (sighs) Inspirational speech. Thank you. Oh, oh, yeah. I know what you mean. mean, Motivational speech. There we go. Yes, gotcha. Yeah. Um, I mean, but it's true even even today. I mean, look at. Yeah, no, it's very relevant. I mean, and that's what, I really want to reread it again. Because that's all I'm seeing now. Especially with, like, so many people only watching TV. I want to read it now knowing that it's not just about a fireman doing fireman things. Well, yeah. I feel stupid. Um, But, I mean... (laughs) Even, I mean, honestly, even I could be a victim of it because I buy books on my Kindle because at work I read Kindle books on my phone. And for all I know, they're edited. I mean, I would never know. I mean, obviously, if I had like a paper book copy, I could check. But like, realistically, you would never know if it was edited or not, censored or not. Oh, man. I love all these quotes. (laughs) I know, but that's... That's why people pretend to read them. They always pick and choose these quotes that, like, you can easily apply to any situation. Yeah, right. Um, This is another one from Fahrenheit 451. And I had seen somebody wearing it um, at a con with a Doctor Who picture. You should have pressed him about the book. I really should. So, there... Granted, there is there is an episode of Doctor Who where they're in, like, a giant library. And she... The female companion says we need a weapon and he says something along the lines of we're in a library books are the greatest weapon are your greatest weapons or something like that well this quote from fahrenheit 451 is a book is a loaded gun in the house next door who knows who might be the target of a well-read man so like don't get me wrong the quotes are very similar but they were they were said by two completely different people I just, uh, there's even ones I've seen about 1984 that people are like, oh, I'm such a nerd. I've read 1984. Well, yeah, I Look mean, at like, this super cool quote. And you're like, that doesn't make well, any sense. Well, political, which is why it's so easy to apply it today because there's so much political discourse right now in the world. But, um, yeah, there's quotes like political language is designed to make lies sound truthful and murder sound respectful or respectable. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Like, that still carries on very much today. Nothing's changed in politics, I guess. (laughs) But yeah, but like, this is like here, I found this quote here that's like, perfectly makes my point as to like how we'll never get to this point. People who say that like, 1984 is just a big warning and like, not a, it's like, it's not a guidebook or whatever. Like, this is a, this is what I'm referring to when I say that. There's this quote here that says, And apart from working, everything will be forbidden. Walking in the streets, entertaining, singing, and dancing. You honestly think that right here in the United States, the land of the free, 
we would ever, ever be banned from dancing. Give me a break. I mean. I mean, like, that was a very light way to go across that. I could go into a lot deeper, like, more. I mean, there was the quarantines, but I don't know about where you live. Minnesota has a mask mandate. They have since, like, the end of July. So you're required to wear a mask in public buildings. I can tell you right now, I went to the gas station down the road from me, and the employees are wearing them. But probably only a third of the people going in are. And like, Masks if you are go a lot in different there... than like dancing in your home. I well, mean, yeah, like, that's but a lot of the book is like they literally watch people in their homes and like they're not allowed to like smoke, drink or dance in their own home Oof. where there's nobody else around kind of thing. But they're watching. They're always watching. But they can't stop you. They can watch you. They can't stop you from doing it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I really want to reread Fahrenheit 451 now. Can we just read for Fahrenheit 451 now that I know it's not about like a, you know, because I don't know. I think when I came across it, I think it was around the same time as like when 9-11 happened. And I just assumed it was about a firefighter in 9-11. And I was like, that sounds super depressing. I don't want to read that. Well, it is <laughs> like, about a fireman, but know, in this but alternate like... or future, firemen yeah. set fires. They don't put them out. Now I want to read it. Now that I know it's ignorant. <laughs> yeah, it's, no, it's I'm so glad we did so this because now I, I came across so many books I want to read. And not just because, like, people were pretending to read them because that's what we were looking up and we were researching. But, like, honestly, they sounded really fascinating. And I can understand why people would want to pretend to read these. Mostly because, like, a lot of them just sound really good. <laughs> oh, I just, oh, man. Okay, so I found this quote. Remember when we were talking about, like, censorship and stuff? I knew I had put a quote in here somewhere. I found it. Um, this is from Fahrenheit 451. If you don't want a man unhappy politically, don't give him two sides to question uh, uh, two sides to a question to worry him. Give him one. Better yet, give him none. Let him forget there was such a thing as war. Yeah, that reminds so me of a tweet. It's their way of like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, normalizing censorship? No, that's probably not the right word, but you understand my meaning. No, yeah, I get it, yeah. That sounds right to me. Um,. I mean, things, like, it's very easily to normalize horrible things, especially if it's done slowly over time. You know, mm-hmm. you don't realize it's happening until it's happened. I don't know, it kind of reminded me of this tweet I saw earlier that said, like, we need to quit asking politicians if they believe in climate change and ask them if they understand it. <laughs> yeah. You just get That's Donald Trump telling them all about how he doesn't have DNA in his body, he has USA in his body. <laughs> You saw that meme, right? No. I don't want to. That's oh my god, I should find it for you. Oh my god. The only thing in his body is hate and McDonald's. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah, but yeah. There's a lot of reasons why people are... Pre- you shouldn't pretend to read books because it's an easy way to get caught for the fraud you are. Yeah, exactly. If you're, if you're using books to try and because it's been our common theme all night on Tinder or other dating sites you're trying to sound smarter so you can get that smart nerdy chick or whatever mm. you're better off suffering through reading the book even if you don't like reading than you are lying <laughs> about reading it 
because Thank we you. know. Yeah, no, yeah. you'll get caught. Um, we know. Unless, like, you're trying to build a dumber chick, so I have no idea what you're talking about, then you shouldn't do that either because I'm morals. <laughs> but that would be the way to get around. That would be the way to get away with it. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Just start quoting, like... <laughs> Oh my I goodness! I swear to God, there's no. It, it happens. It honestly, happens. I'm just like imagining somebody like quoting 1984 to like some like mute person. I mean, not saying mute people aren't smart, but like you know what I mean, like somebody who's just like so. You mean like a like a really ignorant chick that superficial, it doesn't care about politics, or is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I was I was gonna yeah, use more inappropriate words, but um, <laughs> um, I was trying to come up with non inappropriate versions, and I just my brain was not working. <laughs> you were like just some dumb hoe who doesn't give a shit about anybody. <laughs> I mean, you said it, not me. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, it's so easy to quote a book and sound smart, and then but I mean, and it's also easy to like apply books to so many different situations as well. Yeah. But honestly, like, you're just trying to, if you pretend to read a book, it's one thing to, like, say, like, no, I haven't read that book, but it sounds really good, and I don't know if, like, I could ever really get through reading it, but I I, I still appreciate it for what it is. Yeah. Um, I mean, you could be like us. We watched that. What was that movie that we watched? Um, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo? Yeah. Remember we watched it and we both were so into it and I was like, I want more. So I bought all the books and literally every time I'm like scrolling through my Kindle library <laughs> trying to figure out what book I want to read at work, I pass through, by them and I'm like, yeah, those books. And then I keep going. <laughs> <laughs> I know. But hey, you know, people pretend to read the Bible every day, but they're not yeah, really that's Christians. True. <laughs> Why didn't we put that on our list? That's like everyone does. Our number one one. <laughs> Our other number one, the Bible. The you real motherfuckers one that one. pretend to read that Bible and quote it all the time and don't apply it anywhere. We're talking to you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or the ones that want to pick and choose which Bible verses they follow. Right. Yeah. Not this one. The other one. No, that mm-hmm. one's not relevant anymore. But this one is. Who are you to decide that, bitch? Yeah. Anyways, we better cover Anyways, off. <laughs> I digress. I wanted to sound smart. He <laughs> did this whole episode to sound smart. Uh, I'm I'm reading a Neil Neil Gaiman comic book right now about Sherlock Holmes. Ugh, I hate that shit. I can't stand that shit. I hate Neil Gaiman's bullshit. The comics were a lot better than the movie. I mean, than the movie, than the audiobook. I started listening to the audiobook, and I was like, I'm confused. Like, I have they're no idea who's though, talking. Right? Like, I know what they're talking about because I read the first comic, and it, it seems they're to be following the, the first comic. Well, yeah. Um, at I least a like, little bit I listened to, but. The only reason I got it is because Amazon bullied me. They were like, we got a new audiobook. You want to get it? And then every website I went on after that would be like, there's a new audiobook called The Sandman. You better get it. And it was like for a month. I was like, fine, I'll get it. Because they were talking about like how that one hot, who's that hot Scottish guy that plays the crazy person in the like mirror glass or whatever movies? 
he play, he also played a uh, Professor X and the new X Men. Oh, uh, J the guy that, that plays yeah, Magneto? that guy was like, yeah, that guy played this was playing like the Sandman. They had like all these other great actors in it. I was like, really? okay, so it can't be. I that didn't even bad. look yeah. who was in it. I just got it. Yeah, they had like this like cast of like ten like really amazing actors that were doing voices in Let's it. Let's find stuff. out, Sandman. Yeah. Well, that's what it sold me on it. I was like, ooh, it's got all these amazing voice oh. actors. This is not, but it's really good. And um, and it was really good. And they were doing the most. And it was like, it had music and all this stuff, you know, because I read, or I listened to The Tempest on Audible. And, like, it had, like, uh, Ian McKellen and, like, a few sound effects here and there. I was like, this is so dramatic. They really went all out. No. No, the Sandman was basically a movie without visuals, right? But yeah, but like the performance and the execution of everything was amazing. But the just the content of the book itself was like no good to me. I I got to this part where they were talking about necrophilia, and I was like, nope, I'm out. <laughs> Cannot, will not. I'm trying but to yeah, find a list. The of actors the are really good in it and everything. But actors well. that are in it. I can't seem to find one. But I know he's in it. Um, Neil Gaiman always narrates his audiobooks. Yeah. There was this one part in particular, you know, they have a, a character based on... Bennings is in it? Yeah. James McAvoy, Michael Sheen. Andy's. That's it. James McAvery. James McAvoy? It's not McAvery? No. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I like how the name I butchered the most was just like a Scottish name. I really had no good reason to butcher that one. But here we are. <laughs> yeah. There was this one part in particular, and I'm sorry if I ruined it for anybody, but like they have these two characters based on Cain and Abel. And literally... One of the brothers starts beating the shit out of the other brother because he wanted to name his gargoyle. I don't remember what he wanted to name it, but he wanted to give it some weird name. And he started beating the shit out of his brother because he wanted to name it such. And I, and it was like so intense to listen to because the actors just like start screaming and it starts getting really aggressive. And I was oh. like, I was just walking around the house and I was holding something and that scene started and it literally like startled me so bad. I dropped everything I was holding and I was like, God damn it. I would suggest reading the <laughs> comics because like I said, I only yeah. read like the first like two or three of them. Um, but the art style is so... And it won't Unique. scare the shit out of you when you're just trying to... I mean, it's definitely scary. Business. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, it is definitely listed as, like, a horror series. No, yeah. So... That's not for the faint of heart. There's some hardcore shit in there. Yeah. Well, I never told you Neil Gaiman was... He's a fantastic writer. <sighs> no, but no. his stories are always sure. <laughs> super dark. I shouldn't say always. Good Omens isn't very dark, I guess. No, Good Omens is great. But that was that written in... With another, like, co-created with a different author, too. Somebody a little bit more G-rated. No, um, <laughs> Terry, was it Terry Goodkind or Terry Pratchett? I can't remember who he wrote it with. I want to say it's Terry Pratchett. Um, Terry Pratchett wrote the um, Discworld series. Mm. Which, now that I think about you've probably, yeah, Terry Pratchett. Um, 
<sighs> the Discworld books are definitely very high fantasy. It's so Discworld is its own world. And it is a flat world that is on top of was it four elephants who ride on the back of a giant space turtle. <laughs> that sounds like a really great acid trip. Yeah. The books are pretty short, um, but they're but yeah, he's who co wrote Good Omens with him. Um Neil Gaiman also wrote American Gods, Stardust, Coraline, um, Neverwhere. Do I need That's, to say anymore? Neverwhere is a, I don't know, the book is a lot better, but they did do like a short or mini series or whatever in the UK for that book. I feel like there's more that he has that have been turned into cinematic works, but I can't think of them off the top of my head. We've, we're, we're going on two hours. Oh my God, guys, we're going on two hours. Well, we did promise you a manic rant, so that's probably what the last hour is. (laughs) We're probably going to have to cut the ending off or something. (laughs) I looked at the recording, I was like, holy shit. (laughs) Oops. All right, well, what are we doing next time? It's a gaming episode, right? Yeah, but what are we talking about? That's a good question. (laughs) Gaming something. Okay, got it. Um, and oh yes, we are going to mention that our posting episodes for the next couple weeks to couple months might be a little bit spotty. Um, because we both work in the medical field during the coronavirus. Okay. Yes, and one of my coworkers just went on maternity leave, so we're all working like ninety hours every two weeks. Yeah, I did. No, I put eighty hours in the other week. Somebody called in sick. I had. Kill me. I want to say I had 93 this paycheck. Oh my god. One of my coworkers, um, <sighs> she's the only other one that's working as much as I am. She had 120 hours. Oh my god. She literally worked every day for two weeks straight, and then there was like yeah. three 12 hour shifts thrown in there. Yeah. That's what I did. Oh my god. I worked like six 12s in a row. It sucked. No, thank you. I'm working 10 days in a row. Only one of them is a 12-hour shift, so hopefully I live. We'll see. <laughs> Anyways. Anyways. <laughs> see, see you guys next time. Bye. Thanks. Bye.